Yeah, sorry, I got disconnected there. So there's, sorry, the, 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 what I've said before is that two halves don't always make a whole. You can't take two half persons and make them into a whole person. Uh, and and this, there, there was a story, there was a book about this, uh, one of those New Age books that talked about this. Uh, the Celestine Prophecy, I think, was, uh, brought this up. And it talks about people who grasp for other people as being half-persons, not being whole in and of themselves, which is really an interesting philosophy, and it, it mirrors, I think, Buddhism quite well, that you can't expect to find happiness outside of yourself. This is something that we're being, we're being lied to. We're being taught things that are false. The idea that happiness is going to come from from other people, that that true happiness is because the idea of a person is something is is something totally conceptual. All we have really is our experiences as seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, and thinking. We come up with the idea of the other person in our own minds. It's a it's an illusion that we we give rise to. And based on that, based on this fact, it it uh, you know it leads to all sorts of clinging, and it can only, in the end, lead to to disappointment and and um, and dissatisfaction. Because when when the truth changes, you know, when that person dies or gets old, or or, or or when reality becomes different from your illusion, from your your concept, which it has to do, then you will suffer, you will be upset and disappointed. It's bound up with attachment, really. Uh, that's 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 really the point. No, you attach to something and you say. This is preferable to something else. You can philosophize about it all you want and say that, you know, we need to find our. You can use words like life partners or, um, you know, all the, the sorts of words that you're using. And and it 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 sort of makes it seem like there's some meaning to it, right? Or there's some importance to it. But actually all that it is is a craving. It's an attachment. It's an attachment to pleasure. And there's many different different um, causes of that pleasure. You know, the pleasure of just having someone to support you because you feel weak. You know, because you're not strong in and of yourself. The pleasure of physical contact. The pleasure of, um, of safety. The, the pleasure that comes from from conversation, from interacting with other people. It's something that, that, that we enjoy. You know? And because we enjoy it, we cling to it, we want it more, and we wind up expecting it. And you know, the, the, the workings of the brain are a really good indicator of, of the truth of this. Because 
if you look at addiction research, as I've talked about before, you can see how this process is working in the brain. The, the chemicals in the brain are released and they attach to these receptors and therefore it gives pleasure. And that's great, except the next time the receptors have been weakened or have been broken or it's like it's been overstretched, the system has been overtaxed. And as a result, it requires more chemicals than last time. So more stimulus than last time. Uh, it's really, from a Buddhist point of view, it's because of the, uh, the accumulated um, force. You know, the, the addiction stacks on top of each other and it becomes worse and worse. So when you have this much addiction and you go for it, and you, you chase after the things that you're attached to, you're stacking on more addiction. And because you have now this much addiction, you need more, it needs more food, right? It's like this monster is getting bigger. And when the monster gets bigger, it needs more food. The, it's the power of the, the addiction and the habit. You're creating a stronger habit, uh, a stronger addiction. And well, you can see how that works in the brain, but it's it's exactly how it works in the mind. So when your happiness is based on these sorts of things, and and really um, anything external to yourself or anything external, any object is uh, is only going to the only happiness it can bring you is one that is rooted in attachment, rooted in addiction. And as a result, it can never satisfy you. Uh, so that that's part of what you're that hopefully addresses part of what you're asking. But but I think the other important thing to mention here is in regards to your example, that there are a lot of people out there who want to have a partner, but are suffering because they cannot find one. And this is a mistake that we often make: the 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 uh, the making the wrong connection that. We are suffering because Thank you. Underneath. Oh, good, good. Thank you. Give to the woman no she needs. Thank you. Flashlights came. Uh sorry, I'll get to your question in a second just to finish up this one. So we, we say we're suffering because we don't get what we want. And the Buddha said himself, When you, whatever you want, not getting that, that is suffering. Uh, so we think, well, yeah, then how do you get what you want, right? What can we do to get what we want? Because not getting it is, man, it sure is suffering. But the point here is not that you're not getting what you want. The point here is that you want. What the Buddha was saying actually is is uh, is that wanting things sets you up for suffering. Suffering because when when you don't get what you want, you suffer. So he he was kind of you know I think it's quite clear that he was taking it for granted the understanding that you can't always get what you want. Now, 
it was kind of like, well, hopefully you don't believe that you can get what you always get what you want. And given that you don't believe that you can always get what you want, then wanting is going to set you up for suffering. And that's why the second noble truth is is the cause of suffering is is craving or desire. Because and, and this is really the the key of the Buddha's teaching. If you know, if you learn about Buddhism and, and what the Buddha taught, you'll under, you'll learn that the second noble truth is the cause of suffering is is craving. So it's not uh, that people are not suffering because they can't find a, a partner. They're suffering because they want to find a partner in the first place. And what it translates, what it means. The essence of it is they're not content with their lives. They're not content with reality. They're not balanced. They're not here and now. They're not. Uh, they're not in tune with things as they are. They they don't have the understanding yet of the reality around them. Which, you know, I mean, it's not to say they're bad people. It, the, this this is the state that we're all in. So I'm not trying to say that though these people are, are are inferior in some way. That's this is how we are. What I'm trying to to do is sort of flush out what is the path that we should take. We can either try to find a way so that we always get what we want, or we can try to uh, find a way so that we have no more wants, no more wanting. I mean, they're both. It's both the same goal. The goal in mind is to not have any more wanting. Either you get everything that you want and are totally satisfied, or you give up wanting and are in the same way totally satisfied. But as I've said, the problem is that it may sound logical that way, but it's reality is something totally different. You can't become satisfied by always getting what you want. It's impossible. You're, you're developing the habit of craving, the habit of addiction. If you go the other way and develop the the habit, the the the, the way of of contentment, then you'll de you'll be developing more and more contentment until until eventually. You're content with everything, and as a result, you have no more wanting. So that way actually works. They're not parallel, and they don't both work.